Well, if you haven't heard by now, <clears throat> I'm going to just keep clearing my throat. I went to that family fun place over here. You guys been there by Stott City? The thing you drive by and there's like a castle made out of, out of haystacks. It's a lot of hay over there, all right? <clears throat> I don't know what hay fever is, but I might have it. <clears throat> You know what I'm saying? I woke up, and I'm like, my eyes are leaking hay. It was a great time. It was a great time. I'm not saying. We had a lot of fun. It was really cool. Uh, You want to join in. You want to be a part of what kingdom work that Kingsway is about. This is what we say, hey, connect, serve, give. It means you're, you're connecting with people around you. You get out of your rows and you get into circles, right? Whether, hey, find a place. You have a gift. You are uniquely qualified. God believes in you probably more than you believe in yourself. You got to find a place to serve, all right? And then we say give. God is about generosity. John 3, 16, God was so loved that he gave. That's his quality. That's who he is. And as, our, as his children, as part of his kingdom, that's what we do. <clears throat> so if you choose to do all these things, then you're a member. And what's so cool about being a member is that we hope that members multiply each other. I hope that if you're a member here, that you're, you're longing to pull other people in to connect, serve, and give, and that we do kingdom work one person at a time as a unit, connected, unified under Christ. And how we're going to do that over the next five years, to kind of give you a glimpse, uh, kind of our focus is uh, our vision night. Now, you might have noticed something a little different about this slide. Uh, Over the last two weeks, I've been promoting this, but we've changed the time. We have heard your cries, O Israel. The Chiefs game is at seven. I hear it, all right? I heard it. I wasn't happy about it. I want the vision to be bigger than Chiefs, but we heard it. And I gave you grace. All right, we did. But now you have no excuse, all right? Six o'clock. I know it's at seven, all right? But I would love for you to come. If you're connected, serving, and giving, and you, you want to know what we're going to be about for the next five years, you're, you want to see what our focuses are going to be, you want to hear about some of our, our dreams and ambitions, you want, to, you want to hear about Unchained campaign that we got through now that we're debt-free. Now, what are we doing? All right, We said we're going to get Unchained debt-free for future ministry. And you're like, what's the future ministry? I'm like, yeah, come to the vision night. Come and hear about it. All right, uh, And this is one of those things, too, that I'm, I'm not going to lie. I'm looking to see who shows up. I'm not, it's like early morning workouts in sports, you know what I'm saying? Who shows up is like, okay, you're in. Now, if you got an excuse, I get it, but come on now. Some of you guys, you've been here for years, and you've never actually joined in. You've been a member, but it's never cost you. I don't want people's approval in this. I want buy-in. We want buy-in. We don't want approval. We want buy-in. Mark your calendar. It's next Sunday. You'll get one more chance to hear it from me. All right, 6 o'clock. 30, 45 minutes. Talk through it. Q&A at the end. I think, I think it will be unifying, exciting, kind of some momentum, clarifying, all those things. Mark it. Be there. Well, today is kind of a sad, joyous thing. Uh, we're actually going to uh, kind of wrap up a section of John today, and we're going to wrap up kind of the series that we've been in for a few months in John, uh, and we're going to take a little break after this, and I'm, I'm, I'm excited because I do feel like this has been fruitful and, and good for a lot of you. In fact, I've heard several of you say that you've actually actually read the book of John while we've been doing this, and I am like, I, over, over anything, I said at the beginning, what I really wanted you to do is like sit with this somewhere. And like ask questions and like get some real like moments of like, golly, I read this when I was young and I don't think I've actually read it again. Like I've heard it, but I don't know if I actually read it again. 
And I don't know if I actually have ever sat with this. And so some of you, this is the first time you read John, and you like heard John 3.16, but you never got the context. You've never seen the mastery that is in this book. This is an incredibly dense, full gospel. And today, you know, there's no difference. It's just a few verses, but it's just, I, I got so much to say. I don't, I'm not going to get it all out. There's no way. And then I'm supposed to wrap up all that we talked about. <laughs> there's just no way. It's too good. It's too much. So don't stop. That's my man, Kurt. Don't stop. Like, keep going. This is a really good thing. In fact, this week, I, I was doing the one with myself. is the word glory. You read through the Gospel of John and just circle the word glory. And how it just highlights and just shows up all the way over the way. It's just so cool. Just so cool, you guys. It's so intentional. Today we're in the end of John chapter 6. We're actually in the middle, but then we're going to close at the end. And uh, we're talking about a story that I, I think is like, you know, it's one of those like um, superhero moments. We easily just, we talk about it. It's made fun of in pop culture. It's talked about in pop culture. It's, it's definitely something that's very common, but... But the story about it in John is just so small. It's so deta- It's non-detail. It's very general. Um, but the details that we do get, uh, we know because of who John is as the author, we, we have to assume that there's some real reason behind him. Because we're talking about Jesus walking on water today. All right? This is John chapter 6, verses 16 through 21. I want to read through this, and uh, if you're following along, you can go to kingswaymo.com. You can find the sermon notes. you got the little old school thing here. You might even have brought one of these. Might have, all right? You can follow along with me right here. When evening came, his disciples went down to the lake. Now, just to remind you, uh, what has happened in the day of this day is 5,000 people got some food. Actually, more like 12,000. All right? So this has been a big day. All right? This has seen some stuff, and if you missed that, go back, watch last week. It's pretty cool. All right? When evening came, his disciples went down to the lake, where they got into a boat and set off across the lake for Capernaum. Okay, there's so many questions I have here. I don't know if you have questions like me. I have so many questions when I read this. Okay, one, well, who, whose boat is it? Like, did they just got like a resort? You know what I'm saying? Like, how did they get, how did they get the boat? You know what I'm saying? Like, is it like Minecraft where they just pull it out of their pocket and it just gets a little bigger? Yeah, one of you all plays Minecraft. All right. Like, is it, is it just something they just built? You know, they got down there and just made a raft, set off, you know? How'd they get the boat? That's just mine. Uh, how big is this lake? You know, like, what are we talking about here? And the lake of Capernaum, I, I, don't, I don't know wh- where we're at, you know, like, geographically. You know, like, what are we talking about? Stock City or, or, or Stockton Lake? Or are we talking, like, like, Lake Michigan? You know what I'm saying? Like, what, what are we talking about here? Uh, and then uh, it's dark, and, and Jesus isn't with them, but they're in the boat. Anybody notice that one? Anybody left anybody somewhere? Did they get in the boat and start going, and then they started counting heads? Oh, snaps. Y'all, we forgot Jesus. <laughs> Where is he? You know, like, that's just so many questions. All right, so many questions. Now, key, key, key phrase. This is a word that if we've been studying long enough, you need to remember. Uh, darkness uh, always, always incurs with doubt. Remember that in the Gospel of John. Light, dark, Remember? Darkness always has, even the physical description of dark, there's always every account in the Gospel of John, darkness is going to have some doubt in it, and light will have light or faith in it. So we already got, we got dark in there, so we got to be ready. All right, so here we keep going, so we're going to maybe get some answers. Some we're not going to, we just got questions. That's why I told you, it's not detail-oriented. 
a strong wind was blowing, and the waters grew rough. Now, pause. At this point, I needed not very big, but the Sea of Galilee has mountains almost all the way around. It kind of sits in the center like a bowl. And what, what happens with this is that these storms can sneak up on any side at any time and just come in, and it's just like a vortex, all right? These, this wind just kind of comes off the mountains and just blows across this clear body of water, and there's nothing to stop it. So out of nowhere, these storms can come over and just beat the heck out of these. I mean, just beat these boats to death. And these guys would have known this because they're what? Fishermen. Most of the disciples have some background in fishermen. So you know what, you know what it is? They showed up. They probably fished there before. They probably knew those waters. They probably had a buddy over there said, hey, we'll pay you a few shekels. You, you take us across. All right? Shekels is not the accurate term. It's all right. And then you come back. But the problem is, the weather is just as unpredictable as it is in Missouri, evidently. And a strong wind comes up. Now, what you need to keep in mind, these are small vessels. Not the massive things you have, just small. And most of them are oar-powered. The wind is too unpredictable. It's too hard to sail in that small amount of water. Because you understand you can't control the wind. You can only use it to a certain degree to kind of get at an angle. You want to go over there, but the wind's blowing here, so you kind of got to do one of these things. You know what I'm saying? So they can't use it as an accurate thing. So what do they do? When they had rowed for about three or four miles, they saw Jesus approaching the boat. Now pause. What time is it again? It's dark. I don't know if they actually knew it was Jesus at this point. Can we just be true? I think John is saying it's Jesus so that we will know it's Jesus, but I don't think they know it's Jesus. Because it's dark. They're in the middle of a lake, and how many of y'all see somebody walk on water? Anybody in here? I'm not talking about like that half step before they plow in. I'm talking like, or on ice. Like, I'm talking like in a lake with strong winds and rough water, somebody's walking out on the water, and they were what? Scared to death. I know it just says frightened. They were scared to death. They were freaking out. I'm scared sometimes in my own house with the doors shut when it's just a little windy. Let alone in the middle of a lake when it's dark and somebody's doing something I've never seen before. Keep going. I have to explain it because it's such a small text. You guys, it's so full though. But he said to them, it is I. Don't be afraid. That statement, don't be afraid, is just so full, you guys. I, I mean, like, if, if there was something that I felt like I needed to hear almost every day right now, I can be real. It's just don't be afraid. <laughs> I love this. It's like they were standing there ready to beat him off like he was a giant squid. Can you just picture them? They got the oars in their hand. They don't know who this thing is. It's dark. Because if they knew it was Jesus... They're going to let him in the boat, right? But at this point, I think they're like, oh. Then they were willing <laughs> to take him into the boat. And immediately, kind of tricky here, immediately the boat reached the shore where they were heading. And I, when I looked this up, it literally says, sounds like time travel. 
Like, sounds like they were just like, boom. Sounds like they weren't like close. They were still a long ways away. And then Jesus gets in and they're like, boom, hey, we're here. Crazy. So full. I'll give you some ideas here just to ponder. Strong winds on the lake. Strong opposition in your life. So you all are facing that today. Strong opposition. You know what it's like sometimes to feel like you're trying to swim upstream? You got a destination in mind and just feels like every unseen force like wind just seems to keep you from getting where you're supposed to go. Everything you do just seems to just keep you just that far away, that frustrated. I know in high school, it was always the, the thought of being an adult. You know, everything you do, everybody still smiles and smirks at you like, yeah, you have no idea. And you're like, someday? Maybe. Maybe you'll grow up. <laughs> you'll probably just be Peter Pan. Good luck. Maybe it was in college, I felt like I'd never get out. I'd never graduate. It took me seven years to become a bachelor. You know what I'm saying? Not a doctor, a bachelor. I felt like it was always upstream. Everything I came across, you know, I can't read, can't, can't write well, like don't like going to class early, not disciplined, not very studious. And everything, everything just seemed like it was just against me at times. Like I can't have one skill that's like helpful for college. Like one, I guess I got talking. How about you? Maybe you're single and you're looking to get married and it just feels like everybody you run into, you're like, nope, he's a toad. Thought he was a prince, maybe. Nope, toad for sure. Maybe, guys, it's every girl you run into. You're like, is she? Nope. <laughs> she really is. Crazy. She's just crazy. Hoping she was just different. She's crazy. Maybe it's your marriage. You know, you, you had a picture of expectation, and no matter how hard you guys try, it just seems you fight every time. You can't stop. It just seems like there's just arguments over that same topic that you started with when you were newlyweds, and now that topic's just changed, and the words have gotten deeper, and the cuts are more real, and there's just more wounds, and it just seems like there's just no way it's ever going to be what you thought. Maybe it's a hang-up, a habit, a hold-back. Some addiction in your life that before you hit puberty is just stuck around. Nobody smells it on you. Nobody sees the web history browser, but nobody really says anything because everybody kind of has some struggles around it. But you know, listen, you know you've just been defeated in this and it just seems like everything you try to get better at just pushes you. Every direction you don't want to go. no matter how hard you try. Also on the lake is uh, some rough water. Gosh, man, you ever had just like a car wreck of a thing happen in your life? Something you didn't see coming? Someone got sick? Some financial person took advantage of you? 
Some decision you make, now you just got to live with the waves that it's caused. The consequences of it. Like a pond is just rippling out onto you and everyone you love. And you just sit there in the rough water. Trying not to drown. I don't know what it is for you. and Maybe it's a bank account before you walked in here and you're not sure. Maybe it's not even that you don't have money, it's that you haven't been able to save. And every little difficult thing that comes in, it just seems to take you under. And you feel the waves of it. The car tires just seem to add to the credit card. And you never can get ahead. Paycheck to paycheck. Maybe it's someone else's choices in your life that financially it's not it, but it's wrecking you emotionally. It's caused so much pain and guilt and frustration and hurt. And I don't mean to over-spiritualize this text. I, I just want you to feel what it was like for them physically to be on this lake with some waves and some wind. You start putting yourself in a position where you start to realize, I can't get out of this, and all I'm doing is trying not to drown. Then you get to the third thing that's happened on the lake. They are fear-filled. They are fear-filled. They are frightened beyond belief. And now you get it. Why? All their effort has got them nowhere. And the waves keep coming. And the waves keep coming. I don't know if there's a person alive that hasn't asked the question, why? Why is all this happening? Why can't I fix this? Why can't I make this better? Why all my training as a sailor can't get me to row a little faster? Why do the waves have to be so harsh? Why can't it just calm down? And I'm so scared that I'm not going to make it. Man, I feel that way some days. I was sitting in my car yesterday. I've been watching this stupid YouTube video about pizza reviews, so I had to go get pizza in Springfield. That's what happens. That's what happens to me. The internet won. That's what I figured when I ate the pizza. The internet defeated me. But as I'm thinking through these three things that are going on in the lake, and I'm thinking about the heartache in my own life, and I know some of the things that are going on in yours because of the position I'm in, but I don't know all of it, but I know it's more. And I heard these three statements come out to, to these three thoughts, and, and I just want you to hear them, and then I want to break down what I want you to remember for the whole book of John so far. So here's the three things. You ready? And if you remember nothing else I say, please remember these three things today. With us, in us, for us. With us, in us, for us. What I mean by that is uh, God is with us in our struggle against strong winds. He does not leave you to paddle on your own. He does not leave you when you feel weak. When you can do nothing but let the wind blow, he does not go away. He's on the lake too. He's with you. He's with you. He's in you. Uh, guys, we just took communion. It's the beauty of this. 
He doesn't stay at a distance or hold your hand. He gets in and makes a difference and changes you from the inside out. You know how different it is to deal with waves when he is in you and dealing with the pain? He has felt it. He knows it. He sees your heart. He knows the consequences, not just of your choices, but of others on you. He feels it. He knows it. What more is the cross but a description of the deepest waves that he has taken? And he lives and is in you. That's why we take the bread and the juice. It is a description, it is a physical showing of intake of Christ. It is no longer a sacred thing out here, but in us. Flowing through us. A part of who we are, body and blood. In us. That should give us pause when we think number three. When we're fear-filled, he is for us. He is with us, in us, and for us. When life gets so difficult and hard and our best efforts fall short and the waves tempt to overwhelm us, we should remember he is not standing on the sideline cheering. He is for us in the best of ways in us working through us. He's invested in the game. He's on our team. He's in our very lives, working. He is not waiting to see you fail. He is doing everything he can to help you succeed. He's for you. He's for you. Do not be afraid. So to try to wrap up John, because I don't know if it's even possible. Maybe this is all you needed today. Maybe this is all you need to repeat a thousand times this week. You just need to say, nope, 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 nope. With us, in us, for us. With me, in me, for me. That's, maybe that's all you need to say this week. Maybe that's it. But maybe you needed to hear this too. At the end of John chapter 6, we have the feeding of the 12,000, the 5,000, and then we have this short little story of Jesus walking on water. And like the way that these just two line up is just incredible to me. All right. They get the bread. Uh, I don't know if the 12 baskets of leftover food are in the boat. They're probably, you know, floating at this point. All right. But he said you shouldn't waste it, and then there are probably waves of it out in the, the lake. But, you know, that's a whole other story. But then they get in the boat, and they know he can provide and take care of a crowd, and they can the wind and the waves steal their faith and bring fear in a moment. And then Jesus shows up and says, hey, don't be afraid. And then he goes into this whole section, John provides, of him explaining why why he's done these miracles, why he's done these signs, why Jesus is all about this. And this is the verse that really sums it all up. It's John 6, 29. The people are like, what do you want us to do in response to these miracles? Jesus answers simply. It's like the work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent. It's not complicated, whether it's daily bread or your biggest, strongest opposition and fear. 
Believe in me. That's it. It's believe. And I know for some of us, that's like, no, no, no. In fact, some of you came up to me after last week because we took communion at the end, and I didn't really talk about communion in any context except for out of John. And some of you were like, hey, you didn't really explain what communion's about. And I said, because John doesn't have communion in his gospel. And you were like, wait, John doesn't have communion in his gospel? No. He doesn't explain it, doesn't tell you what to do, doesn't have any of that. But he has these verses. I am the bread of life. Eat my body and drink my flesh. That's in here. But the goal is not about the physical description of that. It's with this in mind. Communion at its core in John's world is a choice to believe. When you take communion, you say, I believe. I believe. I believe. That's what it's about. And who do you believe in? John 6, 53 through 56. Jesus tells you who you need to believe in. Just read it to you. Just quoted it to you, I should say. What do you believe in when you say it? Very truly, I told you, when you say it's very truly, it's actually truly, truly. But our language doesn't translate that very well. It says lean in. Okay? Truly, truly. I tell you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life. Where? In. In you. You're like, but I'm still alive. No, 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 you're missing the point. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life. And I will raise them up on the last day. For my flesh is real food. And my blood is real drink. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me, and I where? In them. Communion is belief accepted fully inside you. It changes you. It molds you. It conquers your opposition, and it conquers your waves. It takes over what you can't do, and it steps in and does it. It takes away what has hurt you, the consequences, the pain, all of that trouble. It steps onto it and into you. That's what it does by accepting Jesus. One of my favorite and most stressful and hard things to read is in the end of John, chapter 6. Because Jesus finishes this teaching. And at this point, I think for most of us, it's become easy to accept because you've heard it so much. But I'm telling you, when they heard this for the first time, this was new. This was so very new. The Passover lamb, this this thing that was sacrificed, which by the way was raised in Bethlehem, the city of David that Jesus was born in. It's just kind of cool. This very lamb was slain and its body and its blood was the thing that covered the nation's sin. But now he's saying, no, 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 that lamb is no longer a lamb, it is me. And you must drink of this. This was so controversial. It would be like me getting up here and going, you need to bow down to me. Drink in my words. Do what I do. That's the only way you get to heaven. To the nth degree. Insulting. Over the top. Crazy. If they didn't believe 
that he was the Messiah. And in fact, you see that in these verses, because from this time, many of his disciples turned back and no longer followed him. This was the turning point. I want to believe in a better world. I want to believe there's a God out there. I want to believe that things are going to be better. I do want to believe that he's in me and that he's doing work. I do want to believe that, but I can't believe that it's Jesus. I don't know if I can believe that. Jesus looks at his disciples and he says, you want to leave too, do you? How crushing would that be? Twelve of your closest friends. You're watching all these people leave and you're testing their heart. You're going, you want to leave too? Peter, because Peter's the one, right? Peter's the one that's got to talk. He gets it right every now and then. This is one of them. Lord, oh, such a healthy question. Lord, to whom shall we go? At first, you're like, wow, what an answer. I'm telling you, that sounds so sarcastic to me. Like, I got no better options, dude. It's Friday night. I guess I'll hang out with you. But that's not the way it comes off in this text. It's not the context. The context is this. I have seen, I have tasted, and I have seen your goodness, and I have experienced your power. There ain't nowhere else I can go. That's the context. The context of the question is actually, you're the best. You're the one. And you hear it when he finishes it. You have the words of eternal life. We have come to believe and to know that you are the Holy One, Messiah of God. The Gospel of John through chapter 6 has stayed the exact same as it did in verse 1. It has stayed the exact same in its message since chapter 1 through chapter 6, and it will stay congruent to the end, and it's screaming, believe in Jesus. It's screaming, believe in Jesus. It's what it's screaming. Believe, trust, put your faith in. He is in you. He is for you, with us, in us, for us. Jesus, the person and the God Son, Jesus. I don't know where you're at on your journey. I don't know if you've taken tons of steps or you've stopped walking or you have lost faith or you've never taken a step at all, but this is where it starts. This is where we all start. This is where we learn to step again because we get the bread and then we get in the boat. And some of us are okay with the bread, but then we get in the boat and for whatever reason we forget to believe in Jesus again. And we're happy when we're full but when we're frightened, we're faithless. When we get a little opposition, we fall away. When we see our own sin or the sin of others and the waves it costs, we're just, we're done. And we forget we serve a God that walks on the waves, that is in those waves. It is for you. In those waves. Believe again. Believe not in a hope, 
not in something that you wish would change. Believe in the person and the God that is Jesus. He is the one we worship. He is the one we pursue. And when you do that, it changes things. It's no longer optimism or a dream. It's a present, full, real hope. And that's what John is screaming, delicately painting, and hoping that you and I will do. Signs and wonders. So much more than walking on water. With you. In you. For you. Believe in Jesus.